You're listening to Behind the Mic with Susan Finch and E.J. Alspa as we give you tips to help make your podcast more successful. where we want to be able to get more people coming to our sites through media buying and monitoring that and making the best decisions. So she is, like I said, the president and CEO of Mosaic. And Mosaic is a collective of media buying experts and creative strategists who negotiate, purchase, and monitor advertising space and airtime. And she's going to tell us today about some hidden places you may not have even known you can buy airtime and ways to creatively use it to drive traffic to your site. People think of commercials as this, you know, end all to, hey, dial our phone number, 800, blah, 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 and you will get the special price, or call now, email us, go to this, go to that. She's going to help us navigate some suggestions and some things because best practices continuously change. So welcome, Mary Ann. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, Susan. It's such a great delight to be on, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Cool. Little bit of background. Let's not go too long because your resume is all over LinkedIn, all over your website, and everything else. We don't care about that. How did you end up in media buying? So I actually started as a graphic designer years ago and uh, found my love in marketing there, which is a whole nother story that we don't have time for. But I went into uh, the media sales side first, and I really was driven in sales and worked really hard, worked for some of the largest media groups in the nation. And honestly, I just felt that there were so many pieces and things that were happening for clients that I could help more with. And then now we've built one of the largest media firms that's in the nation serving a lot of people. So it's been great. So we turned 10 this year, and that's exciting. Uh, But to be able to see how we've helped clients in both the traditional space of media as well as the digital digital space. Congratulations on 10 years. That's a nice milestone. And it sounds like it's been continuous growth, never a step back. It has, and it's just wonderful. Yeah. How many are on your team now? So now we have 26 currently. Um, Like a lot of firms right now, though, we are growing and trying to find talent. So, you know, it's that's probably the hardest piece right now is just people wanting to actually apply and get jobs and things like that. So that's actually the staffing shortage is a real thing right now. (laughs) Yeah, I would think it it seems to be hitting a lot of companies that are ready and, you know, poised for growth. Yes. And we're definitely in that, in that mode. So. Well, as a podcast producer, I get hit with a lot of questions and I also teach podcasting classes for the Mm -hmm. direct marketing association. And a question that comes up though, is about advertising sponsors, growth and how it all relates. So not just with podcasting, but we will kind of focus over there mm-hmm. for yeah. for your video channels and for your audio channels, you know, in all the podcast and YouTube, you know, all those venues. How do we grow? What is best practices and where were we before and how has it changed dramatically, especially in the last couple of years, I know. Yeah. Tell me about the change. Yeah. Media has evolved just astronomically over the last few years. And then through the changes and times that we're in currently, it's definitely evolved and it's definitely changed. We've seen consumer behaviors also change. So how how individuals are consuming media 
is making a difference. So we saw our older generations actually start turning to social media and to digital platforms. And then we saw younger generations actually say, you know what, that local radio station has information for me. What? How do I get this up-to-date information? The younger generations, we, we saw a big change after 9-11 with media consumption as well, where everybody wanted to know if the place that they went to bed to and the world they went to sleep with is the same world that they wake up to. And our younger generation never really experienced that. So now, through these times and through these difficult times of what we're facing in the U.S. and throughout the world, they started turning to more traditional elements and, and tactics to be able to get that information. Where we saw our older generation say, hey, social media has something for me, and we saw an uptick in consumption in that way. So the best way is to really find out who are we targeting. It's back to the tried and true of how are we targeting things and who are we targeting. But the amazing thing is now we can not just say, okay, I'm targeting a woman that's 35 years old and this is these are the tactics that I'm gonna use. Now with digital and programmatic specifically and programmatic buying, we can look at, okay, what are the behaviors that go with that 35 year old woman? She drives an SUV, she has two children, she has over $100,000 in income. And we can get so granular of what she is as a persona, as opposed to just staying top level of, oh, it's a woman 35 years old. So the first, we have to go back to the tried and true and the classic of identifying who, who is our target audience and who it is. But then now we have the opportunity to dig so much deeper and get into that granular focus of who she is as an individual and what her behaviors are. So whether you're in the B2B space or the B2C space, that's something that you have to look at and you have to be honest with what to, dig deeper and what does that look like. I'm wondering too, the effect of going third party cookies going away. Yes. And I would think that would be driving a lot more business to you. Yes. So first yeah. you're going to have to find that accurate data, which, you know, everybody yeah. has their own voodoo magic way of doing that. Right. But I want to, I want to address those options because a lot of companies are panicked. They have relied so heavily on third party cookies yeah. and now like, and I, you know, the shows I listen to, the, where's the credibility? We're going to get into all of this in a few minutes, but I want to also talk about produced commercials and ads mm -hmm. versus host read. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly right. I mean, there's a huge difference because yes. of the trust that's built. So let's first get to the third party cookie thing. Yep. So the third party cookie has changed everybody on how they're going to place buys, how we're going to get data. Data sources is are so important. And right now, the biggest piece that companies need to be looking at is actually first party data, collecting your own data. How do we start to collect our own data? How do we start to show and fully hold that database to then target? Uh, the beautiful thing about some digital platforms and tactics are we can use our own data in targeting. So, and honestly, a lot of companies probably already have this and they just don't realize it. You have your email lists, you have your newsletters lists, like go back to some basics, but there are ways that now we can take those lists that we've had and how do we IP target? How do we then, they, they've bought in and they have opted in into your newsletters. So now you can use this data. So first party data is where 
we all need to start focusing and we all need to start paying attention to. Uh, we we often are caught of just, oh my word, panic, what are we gonna do? Well, the cookies part of it is a big deal. The other piece of it is to look at and be realistic of what your outcomes are gonna be. Now, our buys are changing. So we have to look, your click-through rates are gonna go down, your overall impressions are gonna go down because of this third party, the, the cookie portion of it. But now is the time to start investing in collecting your own data and your first party data and the data that you can own internally. So there's multiple tactics of collecting that data and there's multiple ways to be able to collect that data. You you have to focus and it's a concerted effort. So I, I really do um, encourage companies to do that more and more and start thinking through what are we doing to collect our own data and if you're not you really need to start collecting your own data because you're behind the times. <laughs> if oh we're, if we're just going to all get caught in it. So yeah. I've seen B2C companies, especially yes. don't realize or haven't put the effort into it when they make a sale of a yes. product in, in their physical stores right. and online, right. they are not assembling all that information that gives you right. so much. The yeah. beauty of first party data is it's so personal. These it are is. people you you and your brand know. Right. And they, That's exactly and they already right. trust you. Yeah. And They're already purchasing your items. They're already there purchasing your product and we're not taking the extra step to collect it. So there are tactics that you can do it online and you know in conversion tracking and tagging and you can tag your digital ads to then let's dig deeper into it. So let's look at what the conversion tracking can do. You can, there are things that you can track for ROI and clicking and you know all the above. Like you can get very specific with those tags. Uh, so you're able to utilize those tools uh, for that, but you have to start collecting that data. And if you're not, then you, you have to be thinking and what is your plan to collect the data? Well, the other piece too that comes into play, and I always talk about this, is building your superheroes, your brand advocates, your champions, yes. which a lot of times your existing customers would like to be that if you let yes. them and invite yes. them to be that. And since we can't get third party, well, how do we get to people we don't know anymore? Well, right. we get it through referrals. We get it right. through challenging. So are you able to write the type of campaigns that speak to that existing person to intrigue them enough to want to help us build our list. Absolutely, and there are multiple tactics of how we collect this data. So there are, it depends on what side of it it is, but there's, and our data is being collected regularly as individuals. We're just not watching it as closely and we're not aware of it. And the, when it came to the cookie side of it, it was there. And all, all of us knew it and we didn't know how it was being done, but it was being done, right? And then then as it evolved, we all started to know how. And then we got to this point where it's like, nope, you can't do that anymore. And, we're not, and people are opting out left and right. So how do you as an individual and as a company, so in the B2C space, as well as in the B2B, I think in the B2B space, we ignore the fact that we should be collecting data on our primary consumer, as well as our primary target consumer. If they're coming in and they want, and, and in your space of how you know of building a sales funnel, if they want your information, provide them something of value, then you can collect their data. 
then you can collect the information of what they want. They are going to give you the information and they're going to opt in. It's this is not, not new, though, Marianne. This, this is, is not new. This is so yeah. old. It's pay, you know, the stuff behind the gate. Give me your information. You get a free white paper. And it gets old also. And yeah. people, I, I don't understand. It still works. Yep. And remember the days of um, Blue Mountain greeting cards. Yes. And you... <laughs> And you, they want you to cough up all your friends. Yep. Here's the whole, but you'll get something free if you give us 25 emails. Yes. And you're throwing all your friends to the wolves without their permission. Exactly. And, well, and, and people, you know, they'll take it or they won't. And some will you know, report it as spam and some won't. And maybe one out of 25 hits. Yeah. Well, and I remember back in the, when I was a kid, it was the cassette tapes. Remember the cassette tapes? Like you would, if I, you would get 25 free cassette tapes if you gave them 25 of your friends' names and you would be able to, that was high school for me in the eighties. And you would be able to do that. And it's not a new tactic. We're just now in the digital space. Yeah. <laughs> so you get into the digital space of it, right? And so how do we do that? You know, and providing the white papers, but then also it's the, the CRM side of it and getting into, okay, how are we building this funnel? How are we building the information? And frankly, it goes back to providing value to that target audience. And there are other things that you can do, like I said, in the tagging and the conversion tracking. But you want, what are we providing a value? It goes back to that. This isn't new. Like you said, Susan, it's not. This is just back, we got to get back to basics on some things. And it's just, it's taking old tactics and it's making it the next level. It's making it into today's times. And that's all we have to be focusing on. That concerted effort of first-party data is there. And there is still third-party data, but we have to start making that shift of knowing what first-party data is valuable to us and how do we then have a strategy to collect it. And this is where the evil boogeyman AI comes into play, yes. where everybody's like, oh, it's so scary. It's going to ruin sales. It's going to ruin everything. No, it's going to take all yeah. this data that you have and help you find the patterns and help yes. you find the path to continue those conversations or open and start those conversations. And that's what you need is more information. So, you know, there are responsible, helpful, very fruitful ways to use AI. Yep. You don't have there to is. fear it as the boogeyman. And well, and I think you're right that there is that, oh my word, it's going to replace all of our jobs and it's going to make, you know, it's going to make us all obsolete and not needed. This, no, it's not. It's going to actually make us more efficient. It's going to make us better at our jobs. It's going to allow us, and frankly, we're already living in the space of AI right. every day. We just don't realize it. You know, the face ID on your iPhone is AI. That's not anything that is, guys, it's around us. It's everywhere. And so we can, sure, we can get freaked out or we can embrace it because it's here and it's not going anywhere. And we can figure out how do we adapt to that and how do we then utilize it? How do we utilize it to our benefit for us and for for how our, our marketing tactics are working? We should utilize that and push that forward. So embrace it if because it's not going anywhere. So it's just like anything else. Remember in the digital space, and I remember, I, I've been around media for a while, and you know I remember when social media was new, and everybody's going, oh my word, you know what, this is going to be our competition. If you're in radio, it's our competition. When the radio stations that started to adopt it and utilize it as a tool were more successful than the radio stations that were freaking out about it. 
So if you look at AI as how do we adopt this and use this as a tool, as opposed to it's going to eliminate all of our jobs. Well, it's here, whether we like it or not, it's here. And we have to adopt and use it. When I, okay, so let's shift gears then. Let's talk about some real applications of your services. Yeah. You as a negotiator, purchaser mm -hmm. on our behalf, helping us whittle down, okay, you have this and this is your goal. This is what I'm suggesting. I have, you know, 15, 17 podcasts that I produce. Yeah. And some of them want to grow and they have some media spend. I have some real estate agent clients. Yep that want to do some media spend to reach their target audience. Let's let so let's take an example. I have a wonderful agent, broker agent in Denver, Colorado. Okay. And he said, I want to reach more people through some advertising. I have a little bit of spend. My folks love Instagram. I like Instagram. I do Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I don't have a podcast, but I'm not opposed to advertising on them. Yep. It's wherever it's going to reach my people. Right. And he is all over the map. He specializes in veterans. Okay. So with that knowledge, I know that's putting you on the spot to come no, up with that. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and so what the beautiful thing is about programmatic is being able to target you. So, so you said veterans. So that is a very specific niche that you're going to, that you're working with. Right. And frankly, the more niche you are, the better you're going to do. The more, funneled down you are, then the better your plans can actually work for you. So in the Facebook space, in the LinkedIn space, but then also in the programmatic space, it goes back to, okay, you know your target demographic, you know who you're targeting. Now you've added behaviors to it. So we know that an individual that is a veteran, there are specific behaviors that are going to go specifically with that branch of people. So we are going to look at how are we going to target it? And how are we going to target that persona that goes with that individual? And in the programmatic space, you're able to do that, which is a beautiful tactic that we're able to use. And in programmatic, you can do everything from OTT, which is, you know, streaming TV. You can do everything from display. You can do all the above pre-roll, 15 second pre-roll, enroll. I mean, there's so much you can do. Podcasts, you can do all the above and you're looking at, and frankly, the client that knows, okay, this is my niche. This is where I'm going. I know that I work with veterans specifically. This is who I work with. Well, you're one step ahead of your competition because they're saying, Hey, I just want anybody who's going to buy or sell a house. Right. <laughs> right. So you're already one step ahead. Right. And with that, so how do you dig that down deeper to find a strategy that's going to reach that individual that you're looking for? That's the ideal person. It's not, it's just adding an extra layer to what we've always done. We've always looked at the demographic. We've always looked at who our target audience is. But then now we get to, we have the opportunity to take it that next step further. So you can, there's so many things and so many tactics. And in today's world, we have thousands of tactics that we can use. And it's right at your fingertips. And it doesn't have to break the bank. And I think that's another thing that people, People misnomer with advertising is, oh, I've got to have a million dollars a year to spend to be able to do it. And that's not accurate at all. So I want to warn some people, you think the scenario I put out there, some of you are going to maybe be thinking, oh, that's easy. You just find shows about veterans and shows about that's no, no because no. just because that's what it's about doesn't the 
that isn't what they listen to. That's not what they're interested in. What is the type of music they like? Are they 80s people like Marianne and I, where they're going to like alternative rock and some of the hair bands? Or are they going to be into the heavy stuff? Are they in the music from the 90s? Are they into the shows, you know, pop culture shows now? Do they like murder mysteries? Those are the things that you have to know. You can't just say, they're a veteran. They like this. Like, nope, that's not the solution. Or, you know, I have another guy in Louisiana that I'm going to talk to you about later. And same thing. He specializes in old New Orleans style. He is a master gardener. He is able to, an historic home aficionado, and he has all that training and certification and things. Those are his specialties. And that's a different group. Yep, absolutely. And you can't target them all the same. And I think that's what's really important is that it's really hard. And you look and honestly, the majority of the time, if you work with somebody like us, it's not costing you extra money. We do it all in house. We're here to help you and we're here to build the plan. So a a big portion of it, and I'm going to give you a specific example. We have a client who was targeting tomato farmers in a very small county in California, tomato farmers. And not only were they targeting tomato farmers, they were targeting tomato farmers that are the next generation of tomato farmers because we see this retirement of older farmers going out. In programmatic, we were able to say, okay, this is what that ideal person looks like. This is, they're about 30, 35. They're taking over the family farm. This is what they're doing now. This is where they're taking their kids to school every day. This is, and you, you go broad enough to then narrow it down. And we were able to, the client at first was, you know, we have have to stay because it's a smaller it's a smaller you know urban setting and we're, we're a rural setting and you're really tiny in there and we're talking tomato farmers and this is all I have to do and they're like we have to keep the traditional side of it or else they're gonna lose us and I said you know what we're gonna just try it for a year we're gonna take a little portion of this on the programmatic side and then we're gonna keep some of the traditional sides that you've been using let's just try it and see what happens at the end of that year when it came time for us for the next year plan they said you know whatever that progo whatever you did we need more of that because we were able to reach that audience where they were based off of what their behaviors are and they were able to see and hear our ads in the way that they needed to be delivered to them and that made their sales just go into a different direction than they were expecting. They thought they had to stay. And I don't get me wrong, traditional is not dead. Traditional media still has a place. But how do you do the two together? How do we make sure that this dance is happening, that we're meeting them where they are, and then our traditional media is backing it up of what we are providing for them? And it's it's just these tactics that you have to be thinking through. You bring up something that is so important that people forget, and you touched on it a bit ago with the real estate agent. Say not everybody's your customer. You've right. just told a story of somebody that they wanted 35 people to talk That's to. Exactly and, that right. was, and that was exactly what they wanted and exactly what mm-hmm. they needed to mm-hmm. go the direction they wanted. And right. so I just want the audience to remember, I know some of our podcast hosts have learned it. Not everybody is into their stuff, no. especially the B2B people. And right. But if you can find the right ones... If you could grow your business by 10% a year easily, steadily, 15, 20% because you're getting this precise, wow, wouldn't that be wonderful? And that's exactly it. So we have to, I think that there's been a, in the American culture and business, 
it's the household brand name at times that we feel like, are we supposed to be that? And are we all, is that all what, that we're striving for? All of us as companies and business owners. And if we're being completely honest with ourselves, no, at the end of the day, we're trying to drive our sales. We don't, we don't care for a household name unless that's what we need to do and be to drive our sales. But in today's world, we have to find out how do we niche down? How do we then take who we are and be okay with that and drive it down to that level where then we get that 10 to 15% growth every year? I was back, back into where we have to own what our niche is. And we know that we're an expert in that. So own it. So it's okay. Get back to that and know that as opposed to worrying about, okay, are we going to be a household name? Or am I going to care and be the name that I need to be for the 10% that I'm targeting or the 1% that I'm targeting? That's that's exactly it. And yeah. that's what I want people to consider. So our time our time has flown. Oh my gosh. This this has been wonderful. <laughs> we'll have to do a part two on this. What oh, I, I'd love to. Oh, cool. What I want to yeah. talk about though, let's talk about podcast ads for one thing. Yeah. Yep. It is because the people that are producing podcasts with me, that isn't their business. That's just a tactic they are using to get right. more content created to right. be able to get more people listening. So if say one of those B2B companies, let's take an example of you know one of our shows, Market Dominance Guys, Connect and Sell. So Connect mm -hmm. and Sell helps you mm -hmm. set more meetings. I don't know if right. you're familiar with them. Yep. Yep. I okay. Am. Oh good. Only they are because amazing. Of your show. <laughs> Yes. Pardon? But I, I said mostly because of your show. Oh. <laughs> I am aware of it. Anyway, but go ahead. No. Oh, no, they are, the, what they do is magic. It's yeah. like a secret weapon. Yeah. But to get them more exposure to theirs, I don't want this, I won't want people to think this is difficult. A well-written ad can be typed up and put somewhere simple, yeah. and it can be read by a host. Yes. It does not have to be overly produced. Correct. And actually, a host-read ad oftentimes will actually get us way more return than an overly produced ad that cost us more money. The, I, so I, I will, I, I'm going to take a step back in this because in the advertising world, we get so caught up in the creative of the ad that we don't think about the tactic that we're going to use to, to get the sales that we want in it. And frankly, the science of the tactic with whatever the creative is has to work together. They have to be married. And you we get so caught up in that. We spend so much, and I am all for it. There's some amazing creative firms and we work with a oh, lot yeah. of them and they cr produce amazing work. Let's talk about so, host read ads because of yeah, so host red ads are actually, you're going to get more return out of those than I, I genuinely see this and I believe this, that you're going to get more return from the host red ad than you are going to get from the overall and arching, um, the produced, overly produced ad. And I'm not saying that a produced ad is bad. I'm saying that a produced ad is something that we have to see the value of it. If you're gonna spend $2,000 on a produced ad, or can I spend more money in my sponsorship of a host red ad and get more of them? I'm actually going to get more because that's the influencer side of media that we've seen now too, that works more. Yeah. It does because they already have the trust. If they're tuning into a show, 
Yes. They already have the trust yes. for that. I mean, there are a couple yeah. podcasts that I listen to and the guys read what they're supposed to, but then they ad lib. And these yes. commercials that have been going on for like two minutes. Yeah. There That's is no exactly set right. time for a commercial. There really isn't. Correct. They talk about Correct. media buy and at some point to monetize it better as you know, some of you folks know, if you've listened to some of my episodes with Paul Fariga, there was no science that 30 seconds, one minute, minute and a half did better or worse. But what they found is it was easier to monetize a show and the available space if they chopped it up into those segments. So to have an ad in a podcast, if you are the one sponsor of that podcast, chances are they're going to be so grateful too. They're going to go on a little bit more, especially if they're familiar with you and they understand your company and what you guys do. And to me, that's also, I'm guessing you also set up some of those meet and greet type of things too for those situations. So everybody can be on board and excited to work together and to get behind each other. Absolutely. And honestly, the more the host knows about your product, the more they're going to talk about it. If you can, if you could provide to a host, it's back to the radio days too. I mean, this isn't, podcasting is just a new element, right? And it's just a new way of delivering it. So back in the day, we used to give samples and we used to give these things to radio hosts. Why? In the hope of, yeah, they've got the ad buy going on their station, but in the hope that they're going to spend that next minute that they have a block because you know what? They have that time to talk about it right. and they're going to talk about your product even more. So it's we have to get back to some of those basics and use some of the basics to the tactics of today. Yeah, and I know there are different ways because how you're buying time, you're talking about pre-roll and end roll and all that type of thing. Yeah. That's automated and you have to have a file that you can shove in there. So that's yeah. that type. But to combine it, as you were saying, with both approaches, what a great way. And because you guys are measuring everything, yes, you can see rather quickly what's working, what isn't, because it's a actually pretty short return on commercials once they air. Well, and that's the beauty of using and working with people like us, that you're in there and you are actually making sure that the buys and you're adjusting buys on in real time. In today's world, we have that lovely luxury that we haven't had in you know, 20 years ago. We weren't able to do that. Now we can go in and optimize based off of what we're seeing and we can optimize and change buys in that. And like you said, Susan, the tactic of you know, you're, it's going to be one piece of the entire puzzle that you're putting together. So you have, they're all, but they all need to be working together to make that puzzle and to make that beautiful yeah. masterpiece that we're all looking for. I want to talk about one thing and that is burned in ads when people are recording mm -hmm. and you have a host reading it versus the dynamic ones of pre-roll and end roll. Those are based in, t correct me where, where I'm missing this, those are placed dynamically for as long as you are paying to have them placed dynamically. When you right. stop paying, yours does not go in the replay. Another ad will go in there that is continuing Correct. to pay. Versus host read in a recording is in there forever unless they choose to go back and edit, and edit it out and patch in a new ad. And that's, that's a replays are key because people like us, I know, and I, I know I'm not, we're not alone with this funnel media group, but we go back and we promote old shows over and yes. over and yes. get the host, the guests to promote it and their sponsors and their companies and all these people to promote it. It gets life. So that commercial can keep going for quite a while, yep. whether you are That's still exactly right. working with that company or not. 
It, you're exactly right. And if you look at it in the, it, there are so many people that go back and listen to old podcast episodes. And right now, more than ever, we've seen the numbers of podcast consumption go through the roof um, through these times and through people and the media consumption changes that we've seen. We have seen a lot of the, and the increase of podcasts. So people like me who listen to multiple podcasts a day when I'm running, when I'm cooking, when I'm whatever it is, right? We're always in individual development and growth. It's what we do. And when you look at that, they're like you said, hosts are gonna push an old episode or they're gonna push back to something old and or and it may not only be a year ago. But if you're not continuing placing that ad, you're right. It, a host read ad, unless they've gone back and edited it, but most likely they won't, nope. that's more value and it's more lifespan for that ad. It is. So those are all things to consider, folks, when you're considering your budget and whomever you're working with. And if they do not bring that to your attention, you're with the wrong company. Yes, completely. <laughs> Absolutely true. So along <laughs> that, this has been, I've enjoyed this. I want to do more with you. I really yeah. have enjoyed this visit. Tell them how to find you, Marianne, how to find yeah. Mosaic Media. Yeah, so you can go to our website. It's mosaic.agency. No.com, just mosaic.agency. Really easy. Uh, you can go there. You can email me at marianne at mosaic.agency. So reach out. We have lots of white papers. We have lots of information, but we're here to help. We're here to help you with building your entire media plan. Well, with all the podcasts you've been on, yes. you know, what has been your favorite one so far? Is there anyone oh, you want to Oh, gosh. Oh, I don't even, oh, I, uh, there's a few and I'm trying to think who I did one. I'm trying to remember the name of the podcast, uh, but the, it's Leanne Presley, who is a, she specifically works with the knitting community. And that is one of my favorite ones that I've been on just because it's so unique and so targeted. Uh, so that's been one that uh, I've really enjoyed in Stitchcraft. That is what that one was called. So oh, you're that, speaking to my heart. I have yeah. a nonprofit. <laughs> I have a yeah. nonprofit. We make, we make blankets. Oh, see? Yeah. See, it was just so unique and so interesting to be a part of. So very it, was cool. very, it was very fun. Yeah, it was very neat. Well, yeah. neat. so any of you that are looking for a cause as we're coming into yep. the fall season, binkypatrol.org, you can go there to learn about making blankets from anywhere, any type. So and amazing. let's go find some new podcasts too that speak to some of our other sides, yes. not just our business side. Yes. Keep growing yes, as a human, sure. getting to know more things. And oh, yes. how wonderful. Yes. Thank you. That was yeah. good to know. I'm going to go look those up. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And thanks for your audience. This has been Susan Finch, your host today for Behind the Mic. And I have really enjoyed my visit with Mary Ann Pruitt. Remember, of Mosaic.agency. Look her up. And I'm sure she has free goodies there, too, for you that you can learn some things and begin to think about. Maybe you need some help getting your message out there in new ways other than email marketing, other than just shoving content out there. There might be other ways to slip into some new audiences. Thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you, Susan. You've been listening to Behind the Mic on the Funnel Radio Channel. Never miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe at FunnelRadioChannel.com or in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Blueberry, 
tune in and more 